Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface. We're going to talk about everything from life to love and pretty much everything in between. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it. Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have some fun too, because Lord knows I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, welcome. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective podcast on iTunes. And if you're an old friend, welcome back. And would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be so grateful. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, go on and slide into my DMs on Instagram. I love hearing from you. It's at The Refined Woman. Now, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to The Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris. And first up, before we get into today's conversation, a special shout out to Newsstand Studio here at Rockefeller Center in New York City, Thank you. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and giving me the incredible space to record and be all fancy and not have to be in my closet at home. (laughs) So thank you, Rockefeller. Thank you, Newsstand Studio. I have so much gratitude for you. I'm an avid reader. I'm the girl who always has at least three books going at once, from nonfiction to memoirs, and I love getting lost in a good fiction book. I just got a new fiction book that I'm super excited about called Lost and Found Bookshop by Susan Wiggs. This New York Times bestseller, now in paperback, begins like this. After her mother's death, Natalie Harper inherits a charming but financially strapped bookshop in San Francisco and becomes caretaker for her ailing grandfather. Books provide welcome solace for her grief and struggle. This is a novel that book lovers will love. It's the perfect feel-good summer read. I don't know about you, but I just want a feel-good book to read at the pool. People Magazine calls the book a feel-good family saga, a charming tale about the silver linings of unwanted detours. This is perfect for readers of Jennifer Weiner, Emily Henry, Amanda Iyer Ward, or even Jojo Moyes. This is a great pick for book clubs and also really great to enjoy on the beach, at the lake, on vacation, or just in the comfort of your own home with a glass of wine. You can grab Lost and Found Bookshop wherever books are sold or find more at SusanWiggs.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-W-I-G-G-S.com. Now, today is a day that I have been excited about for a very long time. Because our guest today, Christopher West, who I will tell you about in a minute, wrote a book that has drastically transformed my life. And so I kind of feel like I'm talking to Beyonce today. (laughs) I am very, very honored to be talking to Christopher West. And we are going to get into all the details about his book, who he is. And so before we start chatting, here's a little bit about Christopher West. He is a doctor of theology and a devoted husband and father of five. Hello, all those kiddos. As president of the Theology of the Body Institute, he leads an international apostolate spreading St. John Paul II's life-transforming teaching 
through graduate level, in-person, and online courses, on-site events, which I've actually attended here in New York City, and programs, clergy enrichment, training, and online global community dedicated to ongoing formation. In addition to serving as professor of theological anthropology, that is a mouthful, in the, <laughs> in the Institute's jointly sponsored MA you program. You don't have to read all that, Kat. We I can, want, no, no, we can I want stop to. there. People can go to the website. No, I just want to. I just, just want to take talk. delight. I want to take delight in the fact that <laughs> someone just compared compared me to Beyonce. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I've never, ever, never, ever heard that. You know, there's a first for everything. And okay, if we, I don't have to read the full bio, but it's just so, I just want to honor your work. And I'm so impressed by the work that you've done. Well, I'm honored enough just to be on your show. <laughs> and I, I, you know, people can, if they want to learn more, they can learn more. Heavenly Father, we, we give this time to you. I thank you. I praise you for your work in Kat's life, your work in my life. And it's not an exaggeration to say everything that has gone before in Kat's life and everything that has gone before in my life has brought us right to this moment where we're having this conversation. And we ask you to send your spirit in a mighty way to guide our conversation, to take us where we need to go, prepare the hearts of those who will listen to this even now, and protect the recording and everything else from any interference of any kind. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Here we go. All here right. So tell me first, because uh, I didn't share the the book that you're really known for is what? Well, uh, gosh. I know you have I, a lot out there. I have a lot out there. I guess the book I'm really known for is um, the one that's sold the most is a book called Good News About Sex and Marriage. Uh, answers to your honest questions about Catholic teaching. Mm. And then the one I'm ne- known for most after that is probably uh, Theology of the Body for Beginners. Mm-hmm. But I also wrote a, a book just recently, just came out last year for evangelicals called Our Bodies Tell God's Story. Mm. And that, that, based on your listenership, is probably the one that listeners would be most keen to have. Yeah, 100%. And and I also think that theology of the body for beginners would be really helpful to people as well. That's the book that I'm referring to that really was such a blessing to me. So about seven years ago, before I knew I was writing a book, before that was even on my Mm -hmm. radar, I was on my own personal journey of what do I believe about God and sex And what do I do with these narratives that I've been given my whole life, i.e. my body is bad, especially Mm. I experienced that as a woman growing up in the church. Mm. And Uh I had this hunch that maybe my body wasn't bad, but it felt kind of anti-Christian. And then a friend of mine invited me to go to one of your seminars in New York City. I think it was actually on 14th Street, it was like at a Catholic church on 14th Street. And I saw you speak and I was like, where has Christopher West and his teaching been all my life? I got your book, devoured it. And I quote you a lot in my book, Sexless in the City. So all that to say, it's been such a blessing to me and I know it will be a blessing to so many people. And I'm excited to talk to you today specifically about the question, is my body bad? Can, okay. can I can I say something here? Like, can I just launch for a minute? I would love you to launch for a minute. <laughs> all right, all right. So this idea 
that the body is bad, and in particular, that the woman's body is bad. I'm going to say it plainly. It comes straight from the pits of hell. There is an enemy who is, we could say literally, hell-bent mm-hmm. on convincing women that their bodies are bad mm-hmm. because he knows, he knows full well the full glory and splendor of a woman's body in God's plan. And let me just put it this way. If Christmas is real, <laughs> if, if, if what we believe as Christians really happened, that God himself, the second person of the Holy Trinity, came to earth, born of a woman, spent nine months in a woman's womb, nursed at her breast, then what does this make? What does this make a woman's body? Mm. A woman's body, if Christmas is real, then woman's body is heaven on earth. It is the dwelling place of the most high God. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to desecrate the temple. He want, He's always after the woman. It's right in the book of Genesis. The, in fact, the Bible has right in the first chapters this war against the woman. And and the Lord says that the devil's hatred, Lucifer's enmity is the biblical word, is aimed directly at the woman and her ability to bear offspring. Mm. Skip to the end of the Bible and you have the book of Revelation and you have this great battle that breaks out in heaven and this dragon who wants to devour the child the moment it's born from the woman's womb. This is what he's after. He's He wants woman to hate her body because he hates her body. Why does he hate her body? He hates her body because her body, woman's body gives flesh to God, wow. right? The scripture says that, the, that Lucifer, the fallen angel, Lucifer, that he fell out of envy. Well, what does he envy? What do we have that he doesn't have? Lucifer's a fallen angel. What's the difference between a human being and an angel? What do we have that the angels don't have? I don't know. Marriage? Bodies. 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 <laughs> yes, bodies that lead yeah. to marriage and sex. Mm. Yes. he And envy here, envy's not just jealousy. Jealousy says, I wish I had what you had. But envy goes a step further and it says, I hate that you have it and I want you to hate that you have it. Wow. See, what you have experienced, Kat, your whole life and what so many women have experienced their whole life is the devil's hatred of your body. That's what Mm -hmm. you've experienced. Yeah. And And here's the real tragedy. It passes in many of our churches for Christianity. Yeah. When it comes straight from the pit of hell. Yeah. That's what I kind of want to hone in on is as you're speaking, literally my hands were in the air and I was like rooting you on like, yes, yes, preach. I'm about to get the organ out and start playing. (laughs) You know, we're about to have some church up in here today because I think what has felt so confusing to me, Christopher, is the more I dug into the scriptures, the more I saw a message that said Eve is the mother of all creation. 
that yes. said in the New Testament, our bodies are a house for the holy. They're the temple for God. Yes, yes, and Genesis yes. 1, God created humanity in God's image and likeness. So yes. that means that my body is also a reflection of the Woo! creator, of the divine image. So then why, if that's the God message, are we taught so often in our churches? I think men, I don't know what your experience is as a man, but it does seem like women are taught in a way that is different than a man or that our bodies are bad. So where does that message come from? If the God message, if we are going to the scriptures and we see that the female body is a house for the holy and then human, humans are made in the image of God. So man and woman, our bodies yes. are good yes. because God doesn't create bad things. Where did we get off track? It, it comes from the enemy. We have been, ever since the fall of our humanity, we have been listening to the wrong voice in informing us uh, about the meaning of our bodies. And it's right there in Genesis when God says, who told you you were naked? Hmm. What, vo what voice is, is, is the Lord talking about there? Who told you you were naked? It's the enemy who, who has told us this wrong message about our bodies. And because, as I said, he is envious of our bodies. Our bodies, our physical humanity, if Christianity is real, our bodies are destined to participate in the eternal ecstasy and bliss of the Trinity. Our bodies are destined to be raised higher than the angels, right? And, and guess what angel didn't like that? <laughs> in all his diabolical fury has been aimed at the body from the beginning. And in a particular way, it has been aimed at woman's body. Mm -hmm. And here's why. As if I may quote one of my theological heroes, that crazy Polish Pope, John Paul II, mm -hmm. he said that woman is the model and the archetype of the whole human race, that woman reveals to all of us, men and women, what it means to be human. Why? Because to be human means to open to receive divine love, conceive divine love within, to bear it forth. Remember, Paul says, this is the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That Christ in you, it's not just poetic. It's not just metaphorical. It's not just some spiritual truth. Woman's body, as we were saying earlier, if Christmas is real, Christ spent nine months in Mary's body. Mm -hmm. Every human life begins with this mysterious indwelling in woman, right? And if you look at, at Genesis to Revelation, the whole Bible can be summarized with five words. God wants to marry us. And in this marriage, the marriage of heaven and earth, the marriage of God and humanity, God is always the bridegroom and humanity is always the bride. Why? Because God is the Lord and giver of life. And we as his creatures are the ones who must open to receive that gift. 
right? What did we learn in in second grade? First comes love, then comes marriage, (laughs) but there's more. Then comes the baby in the baby carriage, right? (laughs) Not only does God love us, not only does he want to marry us, what we didn't realize in second grade when we learned that rhyme is that we are actually reciting some profound biblical theology, and it's called theology of our bodies. Our bodies were designed by God to proclaim the gospel message itself, and here it is in, in, in a summary form. God loves us, he wants to marry us, and he wants to fill the bride with eternal life. The bride is the church, right? And this is why woman is the model of what it means to be human. Because to be human, I'll say it again, means we must learn how to open before God, receive the life he wants to share with us, which is his own Trinitarian exchange of ecstasy and bliss. Mm -hmm. Receive that love, receive that life, conceive it within and share it with others. This is the theology of a woman's body. Mm. See, it's not just a metaphor that God wants to wants us to conceive eternal life. It happened to this young Jewish woman named Mary. She conceived eternal life in her womb. This means it's a basic bedrock principle of biblical faith. Yeah. God comes to us through woman's body. And this is why Lucifer hates woman's body because woman's body is the place of the incarnation and he's the excarnating antichrist from the beginning that's Man. who he is that's what he is that's why he hates woman oh that's so that's so good and i think what's so important about what you're saying is kind of zooming out from the human experience and yes. going back to the beginning of okay what's the big god vision here the god vision yes. for God being in relationship with humanity, God being the groom, humanity, the church being the bride. And I think it's such a beautiful picture to acknowledge, you know, if what we believe about God and Jesus is true, that God could have manifested Jesus any way that God wanted to. And yet how the story unfolds is through the female body. Woman's body is the channel through which God comes to us. This is, I mean, if we really saw this, and here's the problem, this is the problem. As Jesus says, we look, but we do not see. But the good news is Christ came into the world to undo the work of the enemy and to open our eyes, to give sight to the blind. So we can reclaim these truths. Finding a bra in general is a struggle fest, but finding a bra that not only fits, but is comfortable and also, you know, a little cute, maybe a little sexy too. I mean, it feels nearly impossible. Can I also tell you that bra shopping is one of my least favorite things to do? I think the only thing I like less than bra shopping is shopping for jeans. (laughs) I recently had not only an enjoyable, but pain-free bra shopping situation with the female-founded and led company Notori. Honestly, though, bra wearers, we should be buying bras from other women who wear bras, right? Josie Notori started the company from her living room as a young mother. The bra I have from Notori is the Feathers Bra in Black. I mean, a bra named Feather? Yeah, sign me up. It's supportive and so comfy, but also has this beautiful lace detailing that 
makes it feel feminine and sexy too. Notori is a global lifestyle brand, but still most known for bras and underwear. And their products are made with this super soft fabric that keeps you comfortable and supported. Their products move with you throughout your day, whether you're transitioning from work, play, fitness, or even maternity. They also don't fall apart in the wash and maintain their signature look and feel over the long haul. On top of which, they offer a variety of sizes from size A to G cup. Notori is offering a 15% discount to the TRC community with the code REFINED. So go to www.natori.com and apply the code REFINED at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's N-A-T-O-R-I dot com. And you can also share your Notori experience on social media by using hashtag MyNotori and share why Notori bras make you look and feel your best. Remember, code REFINED. As a culture, we're taught to do really kind of whatever it takes to advance our career. We'll invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into our education. We'll take intern jobs with little to no pay for the experience. If you're like me, you will have moved cross country multiple times to put yourself out there. But then with things like love, we say, oh, it'll just happen when it happens. And with things like, do I want kids or not? We say, oh, I'll think about that someday down the road. I'm focusing on me right now, or I'm working on my career right now. But what if we were just as intentional about our reproductive health and our fertility health as we were about our careers? The reality is women are having children later in life, but biology hasn't changed and we need tools to understand the future of our fertility. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Now, traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash refined, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners at the Refined Collective $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash refined. That means you get the test for $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it would cost you at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash refined. Again, that's modernfertility.com slash refined. I think sometimes when we talk about theology and principles, it can kind of feel a little ethereal. Sure, sure. And so just even practically speaking, because yes, I agree 100%. I think there's a spiritual warfare on the body and often on women, also on men. But I do want to talk even just practically about, you know, do you think part of the reason why this has predominantly been a message and the Christian church is because of things like men 
largely holding the positions of power, men largely being the priests, the pastors, women not being able to be in decision-making rooms. So is the problem that men are in power? Here, the problem is that fallen men are exerting their fallen masculinity in this world. Mm -hmm. And fallen masculinity is always aimed at woman in a degrading kind of way. Wow. But remember these words, <laughs> remember these words of Christ, which are so important. In the beginning, it was not so. Right? We have to remember that what we are experiencing is fallen humanity. Right? There's there's this all this talk, and and understandably, I get it, about toxic masculinity. Mm. And fallen masculinity, yes, is toxic. But so is fallen femininity, right? The, the solution to toxic masculinity and toxic femininity is not to erase masculinity and femininity. The solution to toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, which if we're going to put it in biblical terms, it's fallen masculinity, fallen femininity. The solution to the fallen reality is the redemption. Mm -hmm. The redemption does not erase the sexual difference. The redemption restores the proper balance of love within the sexual difference. And this is precisely why Christ comes into the world, mm. to restore creation to the purity of its origins, mm. right? What enabled them in the beginning to be naked without shame? It was precisely because they experienced sexuality as God created it to be. And God created the sexual difference to be a revelation in this visible world of the mystery hidden for eternity in God. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about in his letters. When he says in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, It is my mission in life as an apostle to make plain to everyone the mystery that has been hidden in God for eternity. And then he goes out th through the rest of his letter to unfold what that mystery is. And then in chapter five, when he gets there, he says, and here's how it's plain to us. My mission is to make it plain. To make what plain? This eternal exchange of love in God that we are called to participate in it has been made plain in our creation as male and female. And in Ephesians chapter five, he quotes right out of the book of Genesis before sin, which is important. And he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. And then he says, this is I like the Greek. It has a good ring to it. Mm -hmm. He says in Greek, he says, this is a mega mystery, a mm -hmm. great mystery, a profound mystery. This is a mega mystery. Pause right there. Cat, your body as a woman, my body as a man, our bodies as male and female, every human being, male and female, he created them. Our bodies reveal a mega mystery. What mystery? Paul tells us right in the next line, he says, this is a mega mystery and it refers to Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. This is the purpose of the sexual difference, 
to reveal in the world the very gospel message of Christ's love for his church, that God wants to marry us and he wants the church, his bride, to conceive eternal life within her. That's not the way we experience our sexuality. In our fallen world, erotic desire is not experienced as the desire to love in the image and likeness of God. It's experienced as a selfish pull towards using, controlling, manipulating the other. Uh, Often in the case of the male, it's this desire to, to dominate the woman to get what he wants out of her. We must insert the words of our Redeemer into that hell, which it's hell. It creates a living hell. And we have to, those words that we have to insert in there are these, in the beginning, it was not so. And then we must add the truth that Christ comes into the world to restore in our hearts the original plan. Where is Jesus's first miracle, Kat? And what does he do? First miracle is at the wedding. It's at a wedding. And what does he do at this wedding? What's the miracle? Turns Water into wine. Water into wine. So what's the symbol here? What's going on at the deeper level? See, wine is a biblical symbol of divine love poured out for us. And in the beginning, before sin messed it all up, man and woman were naked without shame because, to use the biblical image, they were drunk on God's wine. Mm. In other words, they were overflowing with divine love. That's the purpose of the body, to overflow with divine love for the other. When they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when shame entered the world, we could say this, the man and his wife ran out of wine. And what happens to the sexual relationship when it runs out of wine? Put it this way, you cannot give what you do not have. Mm. If the purpose of the sexual relationship is to share the love of God, the wine, the joy of God, you can't give what you don't have. And running out of wine is an absolute tragedy. It is in this moment that, the, that, you, that uh, toxic masculinity and toxic femininity enter the scene. The man is now looking at the woman not as a person made in the image of God and to to love in the image of God. He's looking at the woman as a thing for his selfish pleasure. Mm. And we see this played out ad infinitum in the Me Too movement, right? Mm. Women are standing up collectively in the Me Too movement and they're saying, I'm not meant to be treated as an object. Mm. I'm not meant to be treated as a thing. But here's where the Me Too movement and the whole secular culture can, can go in the wrong direction without knowledge of a redeemer, without knowledge that there's an original beautiful plan from which we have fallen, and without knowledge that Christ has come to bring new wine, right? What does he do at the wedding? He restores the wine in superabundance, and the goal of the Christian life from this perspective is to get totally plastered on God's wine. What? <laughs> did they accuse the apostles of on Pentecost day when they were filled with the love of God? Everybody thought they were drunk. And in a real way, they were drunk. They were drunk on God's wine. See, without knowledge, Kat, of that new wine, we take redemption into our own hands. And we think the only redemption there is from the dysfunction of the sexual difference is to eliminate the sexual difference. 
because the great mystery of sexuality has turned into a great misery. But God is rich in misericordia, which is mercy. Misericordia is the Latin for for mercy. And, And it means a heart that gives itself to those in misery. That's our redemption. The misery we're facing in our sexual relationships, in the culture, can only be solved by misericordia, by God's mercy. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just a few more minutes left. And I think it feels really healing to me as a woman to hear to hear your words as a man and also see the ministry that you have and how much of an advocate you are for women, how much an advocate you are for theology of the body and shifting the narrative. I, I really appreciate that. And kind of my final question would be, in light of how many people have been taught by religious institutions, faith circles, and Christianity that their bodies and desires are bad, if you could say three things, like three things you would want a person to know about their body, what would they be? Three things. Mm-hmm. Number one, the body was made by a good God to reveal his good mystery, his great mystery. That's the first. That's the original plan. The fall has blinded us to the original plan. That's the second thing. We look, but we do not see. The third thing, here's the good news of the gospel. Christ came to give sight to the blind. His invitation right at the beginning of the gospel of John, the very first thing he says is, what do you want? Jesus did not come to snuff out our desires. He came to awaken them. He came to redirect our desires toward what we're really looking for. And then the second thing he says in the gospel of John is come follow me, come and become one who sees. Mm. He wants to give us sight. He wants, he says later in, in, this is the gospel of Luke. He says, if your whole body is full of light, then your whole body will illuminate your humanity like a lamp. But then he says, if any part of your body is in darkness, how great will the darkness be? Make sure that your darkness, that your light does not become darkness. In other words, he's calling every part of our body, every part of our body to come back into the light. We've been hiding in the shadows ever since the original sin. We've been hiding behind fig leaves ever since original sin. Christ wants us to come into the light so that we can reclaim the original, beautiful, wonderful plan of God for our bodies. Mm. Thank you so much, Christopher. That was so good. And I just want to keep talking to you about this and also want to honor the time here. And I just want to ask you before we close how can people stay in contact with you? I know you have a podcast, you have online courses. How can people get to know more about this theology that yeah. is really groundbreaking? It was yeah. groundbreaking for me and I know for a lot of people. Well, you could go to theologyofthebody.com to learn more about the work I do at the Theology of the Body Institute. We have our course schedule there. We have online courses. We have in-person courses We have an ongoing formation program through our patron community at the 
on the website where you can get ongoing formation in this vision. Mm. There are lots of resources there. The podcast, my wife and I do a weekly podcast. Um, it's a Q&A podcast. It's called Ask Christopher West. Anywhere where you get podcasts, you can listen to that. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Christopher. I appreciate your wisdom and insight and just bless and honor you. And yeah, thanks for this chat. Thank you, Kat. I'll <laughs> share one last thing with you. Yeah. One last encouragement and to all the, the listeners out there. One, remember this, it's so important. One woman's body changed the world because she said yes to God's plan for her life. Mm. If Mary can give a yes that changes history, so can every woman and so can every man. So mm. let's give our yes. Let's give our yes. Mm. Pray for me that I give my yes. yes. I'm broken like the rest of us. I need redemption like everybody, obviously. <laughs> Amen. That's so good. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. One woman's body changed the world. I just can't get over when Christopher said that. One woman's body changed the world. What did you grow up thinking about your body? What messages were given to you at home, at school, at church, religious institutions, from culture? What did you grow up learning about your body and your desire? And what messages have you internalized because of that? Process that, sit with that, and then sit with this really, really, really good news that your body is good, period, because God made it and God doesn't make bad things. You, my friend, are a house for the holy. Again, if you have never heard of Christopher West before, please check him out. His book, Theology of the Body for Beginners, is incredible. I highly recommend it. And let me tell you real quick about Patreon. I would love to invite you to join our Patreon community, patreon.com slash The Refined Collective. You can support my podcast for as little as $5 a month. And it would mean so, so much to me. It truly takes a village. And I also give you exclusive weekly video content just for you, my Patreon community. All right. Until next time, talk to you soon.